Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Want to learn a new language? And who doesn't? Well, experience immersive lessons from the most trusted language app, Rosetta Stone. You know you keep telling yourself you want to learn a new language. The true accent feature even gives feedback on your pronunciation so you can speak the language like a native. Find lessons as short as 10 minutes, making it easy for you to learn anytime, anywhere. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. From the American Museum of Natural History in New York City and beaming out across all of space and time, this is Star Talk, where science and pop culture collide. This is Star Talk, and I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, and we are coming to you from my office at the Hayden Planetarium of the American Museum of Natural History right here in New York City. And today, I have a special guest, and he's going to be my only guest for this hour. We don't do that often. <laughs> it's only if everything clicks and all cylinders are in place. I've got with me the one and only Jordan Klepper. Jordan. Yes. Dude, welcome to Star Talk. Your first time. This is my first time. Thanks for having me. A lot of pressure. Excellent. The only one here. I'm not saying there's no pressure. Uh, yeah, you're making it very clear. <laughs> and by not saying that, you're making it very clear. Okay, we can do this. Well, welcome. You've got a show on Comedy Central. You've you've been spawned from, <laughs> from the Daily Show. I'd like to think that. Spun I've, off. Yes, yeah, spawned, birthed into the world. Birthed, yes. hatched. Through, the, through the, the magic of John Stewart and Trevor Noah. Yeah, because you worked for both of them. I yeah. worked for both, yes. Mm-hmm. And they pushed me now through their, their, their lovely comedy cavity into the world. <laughs> Through their birth canal. Yes, yes, their birth canal. There you go. Uh, you got to show, you you command the whole hour with very high production values. You're going around the world, yeah. subjecting yourself to different things, interviewing people. And in particular, the reason why we noticed you recently is because we saw that you've got a show on the space program. Yeah. And so I, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, okay. I just don't want you to think we would have ask you on here for any old reason. Yeah, you're just like, uh, you, you did a lot of other episodes that we don't care about. <laughs> I didn't want to say you it that way. You actually do some stuff that legitimizes you in my mind. And Neil, I, this was for you. I knew it. I knew I did six episodes. I'm like, Neil is not going to be into any of these. You, you need one of them just let's, to... Let's to, give him some space. To, to, to right? pop through here. I just want to look at your background here. Um, you you had a double major in math and theater. Ooh, yeah. How, did, how, did, how does that work? 
Boy, I tell you, I, I so I went to... And where was this? This is in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Kalamazoo. Cal- I was just in Kalamazoo. You were in Kalamazoo? Just like a few weeks ago. What were you doing in Kalamazoo, Michigan? <laughs> I want to know. I'm also part host as well. So this might, I might flip the... Yeah, okay, might, okay. Whoa, whoa, Jordan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, first, did you know that our very own Derek Jeter was raised in Kalamazoo, Michigan? You know, as somebody who grew up in Kalamazoo, I, of course, knew that. Because I've lived in the shadow. Judges, judges, do we? <laughs> the shadow of Derek Jeter. It's, it's a long shadow. Oh, everyone else has to live up to that. <laughs> Let me tell you. What's the longest shadow? It's not high noon. That's the smallest shadow, right? Whatever yes, the, it is, in fact. Yes. Yeah, so Small shadow of the day. So what are we mean. talking about? He's like a 6 p.m. shadow in Kalamazoo. <laughs> he, he, went, he went to my high school just before I did. And, the, and Derek Jeter, was, he was a hero. I knew his sister, Charlie. And everybody thought Derek Jeter, he was such a good athlete. He was going to be a professional Basketball player. Basketball player. He was wow. great at basketball. Mm-hmm. Well, you make more money in baseball. You play more games. So and, and all the money's the money comes out. Better. He knew that. I and think. you can play the, the sport longer too. Exactly. Yeah. I think he made the right choice. <laughs> I think we're not the best prognosticators in Kalamazoo. <laughs> so I grew up there. I went to a place called the Nerd Farm, which is the Math and Science Center, which means you go nice. to a special math and science. I'm biased. School. So that's why I say it's nice. Yeah. I'm, this is right. This, I'm feeding <laughs> this I'm, right any to Any of your other friends, I might have said, "What's wrong with you, dude?" Let, let me tell you, if this was the Joe Rogan podcast, I'd be talking. About about my public school for the other half of the day. But for you, Neil, I'm talking about the nerd farm. The nerd farm. We're loving it. We're loving it. So what happens? So you're in school. They notice you have a little geek in you. I got some and geek. And so they, they put you in the nerd farm. They put you in the nerd farm. If you got a little geek, they got they got special facilities for the geeks. You, t- you focus on math. You focus on science. You spend four years doing that for half the school day. And for the other half, you go to the public school. Well, so they nurture this. They nurture Very, it. very enlightened system. Yeah, Campus is really proud of it. The Math mm-hmm. and Science Center, it's, and, and students go in all different directions afterwards, but it's sort of a chance uh, for people to 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 kind of indulge the, that geeky side. I gave a, a public talk mm-hmm. in Kalamazoo in a four-city tour of Michigan just oh, wow. recently. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a great town. Yeah, I, no, I it, loved it. It was it was fun. Very friendly people mm-hmm. and sort of unpretentious. Just people just want to be themselves and want to learn. They're they're kind folk. Mm-hmm. The motto in Kalamazoo is yes, there really is a Kalamazoo. <laughs> which I love. It's already defensive because right, it's already like because they're like, what are you from Kalamazoo? It's not even real. You know, it's like well, it is real. Yes, there really is a Kalamazoo. It's uh, I believe it's an old Algonquin word. Okay, so you're, that's you're, what I figured. Yeah, you're yeah. already defensive when you come from Kalamazoo. Um, so the theater part, how did that fit in? Well, so I got a scholarship that paid for my college uh, if I studied math, and I did. And I, I will say, I was a smart kid, uh, but when you're a math we'll major— We'll be the judge of that. Well, you will be. I'll be a TBD. <laughs> no, if you edit this correctly, I'm a smart kid. <laughs> yeah. I loved math. I, I love solving problems. I love the process of math. Mm-hmm. But I also realized within that 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 was no, not many something Many people think was, math is getting the answer. Right. But it's not. It's the process. It's the journey to the answer. And I I would say, like, what I ended up finding while I was doing math was, I think I enjoyed the performative elements as well. I started finding improv. Performative elements of math? Not not necessarily. No, yes. You know, right? How do you do it? (laughs) How do you do your math, Neil? (laughs) You on the street corner? I will calculate digits of pi while I dance. Who wants it? I got seven digits. Who's uh, Ten digits. Do I hear a ten? (laughs) While I was doing math, I was doing improv and comedy as well. And so that became... as early as high school or was that? And as early as college. college. I found okay. the improv team in college. Nice. And, and college was? 
Kalamazoo College. Kalamazoo College. So little liberal arts college, right smack dab in the in the mm-hmm. middle of Kalamazoo. Improv world popped up, and I was like, I think I want to I want to play around in that. Mm-hmm. And it was full of discovery. Uh, people laughed at the things I said occasionally. That or helps. That of, helps. It does help. It does help. <laughs> there was not a ton of laughter or applause in the math class. Linear algebra doesn't have many standing ovations. Not, never, ever <laughs> did it have a standing ovation. It turns out I was so needy that I was like, I'm going to follow the thing that gives me a standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> I will say as much as like I, I then went into the world of comedy, the world of math well, it, it is true it's it's a, it's a way of thinking it's mm-hmm. it's about process and then I kind of go into the world of comedy where you start writing sketch comedy, you start doing improv but in the world of like sketch comedy and writing there's a process there as well and I think like that kind of mathematical brain can can help an artist or a person in that world try to figure out ways in which they can move an audience to an understanding of what a joke yeah, is. Yeah, you become analytical in it. And I think that has value. Mm-hmm. And not everything is intuitive. Mm-hmm. In fact, maybe the best is a combination of both. I, and I which think you so. certainly get, you know, uh, going with the with the the stereotype of now you got both brain halves, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, tickled. I, th- yeah. I think that's, I've always seen too, like, there's even, there's the two brain halves yeah, in the yeah. comedy world. I don't know if that's held up you know, in in neuroscience analysis, mm-hmm. but it's a nice metaphor for thinking about two ways of approaching the world. I think like stand-ups yeah. definitely approach things from an analytical perspective, mm-hmm. and I'm more of an improviser, which is, is more of like the creative, let's go search and find. Yeah. I think ultimately when you start working, you want a little bit of both. You mm-hmm. can you can search, but eventually you have to figure out why things work and then put it down on paper mm-hmm. and then sell it and see if Coke will buy advertisements. <laughs> so so this is a sort of obvious question, but maybe not mm-hmm. for for... For some people, you the, the portfolio of shows you've been doing now on Comedy Central. What's the name of your show? Again? Clepper. <laughs> Clepper. That is the name of the show. That's the name of the show. You know, I've that's had why a, I didn't remember the name yeah, of your show. I've had I a handful seen a few of episodes. <laughs> you know, I've had a handful of shows, and now we're just like, you know what? They're gonna call it. It's that guy, that up. Clepper guy's show. Just call it the Clepper show. Now, there's there's good precedent. There's the uh, Andy Griffith show. Yep. And then Mary uh, Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore. And they, they don't say anything what the show is about. It's just the people's name. That's the Mary Tyler Moore show. I'm I think I'd like to think I'm the Frasier of political satire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've you've tackled some very disturbing topics. So how what's your formula? for making them funny. <laughs> Good question. Or do you wait for a moment where there's a, a, a silly or fun element? But at the end, you, you're you're very socially progressive in what you're trying to get people to do and what you're trying to get them to think. And some of these topics are very sad. They are. I think um, when we started out doing the show, it's essentially a doc series, a documentary series on Comedy Central, which doesn't usually do these types of things. Right. And we wanted to pick topics that were important, that I cared about, that my staff cared about, that we thought needed more attention. And often and one of be, you were in the bayou? I was what? in the bayou. I, I followed what like... Was the ti- what was the title so of that, that? So that one was Battle in the Bayou, which was a group of environmental protests who were locking themselves to pipelines to try to stop the, the pipeline from moving through the bayou. Or get killed. Or get killed. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is, these are the... <laughs> it's, like, what, it's, it's one or the other. Yeah. It's like, okay. So it was this was sort of a chance for us to... To see what environmentalist envi- environmentalism looks like up close. As in far the, tr- as in the trenches. Let's get in the trenches. Get uh-huh. in the boat. That boat ended up sinking, is what I found out. 5 a.m. in the bayou. Your boat or their boat? My boat. I went out with them. Uh, they were going to the bayou. They were going to lock themselves up to this pipeline. And as we so get So you're, you're a conservative worm. 
who got in there and sank Neil, the boat. Neil, don't, don't blow this for me, oh. all right? Do not. <laughs> He's a spy. <laughs> we got him. It turns just out. him. <laughs> okay. It turns out you I'm just an idiotic comedian uh, <laughs> slash conservative spy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we found ourselves in the bayou. We go It's not up. very deep, I don't think. It's, it's just sloggy. It's not super deep. It's yeah. wide, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... You know, they said there were alligators down there. We saw them on the way, um, and we we go by the site, and there's a security boat that's there that starts to follow us, and they turn into the wake. We take on a ton of water, and we suddenly find ourselves swimming to the shoreline. Whoa! Uh, so you get you get wet doing a docu series, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think to go back to the idea of where the humor is, like the humor, humor is you didn't get eaten. The humor is you don't get eaten. <laughs> like, if we put me in a dangerous situation, <laughs> okay. the audience is going to feel bad for me. They're going to yeah. see me complain about how hard it is to enact real change and mm-hmm. I become the conduit of difficulty. Okay. And that's that's always good fodder on, on, on a stage. <laughs> I, I think so. That's really like, we followed veterans who were like who were suffering from PTSD. Mm-hmm. And I think what you find oh, that was a different episode. That's a different episode. And what was that one called? That one's called uh wrestling with PTSD because they, mm-hmm. they do it through um uh literally professional wrestling. And so they found like a creative way to deal with an actual problem. Mm-hmm. I get in the ring, I become a part of it. And I think like the humor comes through me trying to But did you wear a singlet? A wrestling singlet? I wish it were as as forgiving as a singlet. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call half a singlet? Half, I, I, it's like the Speedo you shouldn't be wearing in, mo- in the 21st century. Say, Neil, what is the scientific term for banana hammock? I don't know. <laughs> I stumped you. There you go. You got to Google it. All I know, I think what I saw it as is unflattering. I wore uh-huh. something that did not flatter off what... God or the universe gave me. Or, which was, or your actual musculature that could otherwise be flattering in a different outfit. <laughs> exactly. Yes, okay. It turns out they hired me for my, my brains, not my body. <laughs> so how did that uh, play out? I mean, did you did you help help people recover? So Just the fact that, that you, you get to air their story? I mean, I think like part of it is shining light on people who are actually taking action. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, joking aside, I've gotten to work on some great shows where you're in New York, New York and talking about what's happening out in America. This was a chance to be like, I want to go out and see people who are doing stuff day in and day right. out. Right. And We're in our own bubble here. We're in, in a New bubble. City. We're in a bubble. I mean, it's a big bubble, but mm-hmm. it's still a bubble. It's a bubble. And I think mm-hmm. like I went to Georgia and there are a bunch of students who are uh, DACA students, undocumented students who just want to go to college and they're protesting. They're trying to get their voice out. And so I think like... did you get arrested? I got arrested standing up with those students. So, yeah. I mean, these are the lengths Comedy Central makes you go through. And, and they let you out. They let me out. <laughs> Did they look at the rest? <laughs> I was like, I have a body of work. <laughs> Did they look at your... <laughs> have you seen my body of work? <laughs> Twelve hours later, after some coughing, just make sure you're not uh, contraband smuggling, uh, right. they let you out of jail. Okay, that happens. But right. I think, you know, you're hopefully moving the needle by bringing attention to it and... I don't want to pretend like me being down there for a week with people is going to be the thing that changes everything. But hopefully, through a little levity and point of view, I can show, like, but there are people doing good things. There are Uh people who are fighting. And I think, like... Even if I fail with some of that fight, uh, we should we should take a little inspiration from the people who are pushing something forward. So what you're really saying is, if the show ever gets canceled, mm-hmm. the ones you've completed are still an important contribution Thank to you. the television repertoire. Neil, I'm not saying that. You just said that. I'm going to type it out. And I'm going to put it on my gravestone. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, you you can be proud of it. I mean, this uh, I, you know who. And by the way, why, 
at least in New York, it's airing at 11.30. Mm-hmm. Why the, what's up with that? Well, because the Good Old Daily Show takes place right before 11.30 p.m. Oh, yeah. so you want the run-in. So oh. in, in, in this world of okay, that figuring works. out viewer, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. this tends to appeal to people who are politically engaged, interested, and maybe a little bit stoned at 11.30 at night. Now, <laughs> now, I'm older than you, so you may not remember this. The origin of ABC's 11.30 show, ABC's Nightline. Was... Was eleven thirty? That was eleven. Well, whenever show? it came on, yes, there is a there is an origin for it. Its origin story is it started out as the nightly updates on the hostage crisis in Iran. Day forty, day one hundred and fifty, day this, and then they got all this, um, all this this audience that it just birthed the show. And what they were doing is they give the final news story in the in the evening news, and that would take you right in to this new program that was birthed simply because of Iran coverage. Is that right? That, that's what that is. So so one, one the evening news fed the, the follow-up store, show, and that became its own thing. I'd, I'd like to think people are tuning into my show with the, the daily hostage crisis that is the American <laughs> political system. Like, we're or, all be, we all feel like we're being held hostage. Let's we'll see if this guy Take someone sick. hostage, yes, <laughs> yes. On yes. um, Broadway now is the network yes. uh, with Brian Cranston. Can you give Brilliant. me tickets? Uh, Have you, you seen got, it? You got to know somebody. Neil, you, I'm, uh, I'm looking you at you, man. You got to know somebody. I'm sorry. You You're gotta, my somebody. You got <laughs> Neil, this is what it is. Yeah, I, I did see. I was on like the third row. It was great. Oh, now yeah. you're rubbing it in. <laughs> yeah, he was He was extraordinary. And he won the Tony Award mm-hmm. for that. So, And guess what, Jordan? What? It closed. Wow. Best- <laughs> wow. You know, so I get to rub it in some more. There you go. I know right. you're a man who likes to focus well, on real facts. But he's a busy facts. guy. He can't. I mean, the show is, a, is his performance. You don't it's have not- to share every fact. You, no. <laughs> some facts are best left unshared. <laughs> like that one. Give you me know, some hope. That was, I did learn that from some wise people. They said, just because it's true doesn't mean it has to be said. Now, that's, who, now that is a, that's a lovely phrase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was some government people I worked with. Oh, oh. Well, well, government political types. So, so all truths don't always have to be what you lead with. Let it be true, but not advertised. I think it doesn't mean you want to hide it. You just don't want to display it. That's that, all. I've I've had a marriage counselor who said the same thing. Okay, <laughs> and one other thing. <laughs> There's another uh, related to that is occasionally stretching the truth or ignoring one or two bad things is the right thing to do, such as when you're speaking at funerals. <laughs> I think... Yeah, yeah. There, there are times when just let this one go, okay? <laughs> Would you say, now, from a scientific mindset, things like climate change, things that feel like perilous situations that people are maybe failing to grasp... No, those aren't the truths I'm talking about. I'm talking, not, about see, talking, I'm talking about... I'm talking about... Pers- truth about a person. You're, when you it know. comes to science, you're... Science, you're, no, I'm all in. You're straight laced. I'm all in. Okay. Just back up. Science in the face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you give me a free pass here? <laughs> so, uh, one of your shows, which is why we invited you to Star Talk at all. Not that we don't love your work. <laughs> it's all about the space program. Mm-hmm. Nicely timed with the 50th anniversary of Apollo... 11. Landing on... The... Moon. <laughs> See, I'm a pro. So I want to spend the rest of our time together talking about your experience there. And then we'll compare notes. Great. It's a little bit I know, but I didn't get all in, up in it the way you did. Oh, that's what I do. I, I, I put on the suit. All up in it. I, yeah, okay. I, I got all nice and dirty. <laughs> all right. So when Star Talk returns, more of my exclusive interview with Jordan Klepper. 
Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with their no surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a block office or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com slash us slash switch to learn more. Games rated E for everyone. Bringing space and science down to Earth. You're listening to Star Talk. We're back on Star Talk. Billy Grass Tyson. I'm here with Jordan Klepper. You surely know him from Comedy Central. If you don't, you should, because he's got a new show on Comedy Central where he goes around the world investigating topics that we all care about or all should care about. And he does it in a very hands-on, involved way. Very different from seeing him behind the desk making comedic quips at stories that other people bring. So you did do you did do a few on location stories for Comedy Central. I did, yes. When I was at I mean, the Jordan, Daily when you Show, went to the when you went to the conventions and things, those were fun. A lot of field pieces for the right. with Daily Show as a correspondent. You're out in the field a bunch, so this was sort yeah. of an extension of that. Get me out there. Okay, excellent. And we've got you on the show because you explored our space program. And first, first, what motivated you? Second, is there some overriding social cultural issue that you wanted to? tear apart not to destroy it but to unpack 
I will say, so it was two things. I've been a little bit of a space nerd since I was a kid. I would go to two places when I was a kid. My parents would take me to Washington, D.C. or Cape Canaveral. And so... Cape Canaveral in Florida. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I I fell in love with the idea of becoming an astronaut, as I think a lot of people do. Um, A lot of kids do. A lot of kids do, yes. I think I've gotten to indulge that throughout my life. Um, Back when I was hosting the show called The Opposition, we had Scott Kelly on, uh, astronaut Scott Kelly, who spent over 500 days. Is he the good-looking one of the twins? He's the hot twin. The hot twin. Mark, Mark Kelly is the, uh, the... The totally ugly twin. The, the ugly twin. <laughs> the ugly twin running for Senate. Scott's the sexy, sexy twin. Uh, <laughs> I love them both. If, if, we, we, we've, had, we've had Scott Kelly on here. Was it Scott or was it Mark? We had one of the twins. You had the, you had the sexy one. We had the, we had the one who went into space. Yes. Yeah. The one who agrees to do the show, they get to be the sexy one. Mm-hmm. That's what I've always said. <laughs> well, so Scott Kelly came on the show, which was exciting. Just in case people about. don't remember, uh, because he's a twin, it became of bi- high physiological and biological interest to send one into space for an extended length of time, leave the other one here on Earth, and then they come back and you compare them. Mm-hmm. That's all. Mm-hmm. And according to relativity, the one into space came back a little younger than the other one, by the way. Yes. Not not by very much, but, and, but you can calculate it. And squishier, right? Well, that's that's for different reasons. Yeah, it's not like space made him squishy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, being in space made him squishy. No, no. Uh, if they, if the, we had uh, rotating the... space stations that had artificial gravity, he wouldn't be squishy. So that's what it is. Well, there, there could be other reasons, but that's the main one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I want to get to the bottom of my squishy question. <laughs> oh, are you squishy before? <laughs> I'm a squishy denier. Okay. Uh, let me be very honest with you, Neil. I've been a squishy denier since I was uh, I, I, a kid. I asked my trainer, you know, where's my six-pack? And he said, it's in there. It's just under the fat. That's- <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, I'm good. We just need gyms that are rotating at a certain speed that allow us squishy men to become less squishy. Exactly. <laughs> so I had right, Scott so- Kelly on the show. Uh-huh. Talking about important things like squishiness. Wait, um, on your show or back my, on my show? Back in the on the opposition, he was a guest on the show. I remember the opposition, yes. And so um, that was between when you left the Daily Show in 2017 and your current uh, contribution. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was it was a late night show. We had a lot of fascinating people on. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking to Scott backstage, he was talking a lot about the right stuff and how that was a the movie and the book. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now he read the book when he was a kid and it inspired him. Uh, to, to want to be an astronaut, to want to engage in science again. And it got me thinking, I was like, oh, you know, I, I, I had such a fun time, you know, jumping back in and talking about space with Scott Kelly. I'm going to read the right stuff. It was about a year ago. I read the right stuff and I became obnoxious with all of my friends for the following four months, just saying, you have to read this. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I was re-energized with the space program, with all the documentaries coming out about the Apollo 11 mission. It, it was one of these things that suddenly just it lit up in me. And we were trying to look for stories and I was, I'd come in and I'd tell uh, my office way, mates. By the way, since we're talking about space, it didn't light up in with you, it ignited. Oh, yes. Th- thank my, you. It may help your vocabulary. Yes. It, it, there was a spark that ignited it, 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 it in me. Ignited. And then blast off. <laughs> I was back in it. Oh, good. Thank you. Continue. <laughs> so while I was pitching stories in our thank office. Thank you for allowing me to edit your, your, your personal commentary. If you can make me a little bit smarter and more clever throughout, I will take it, <laughs> okay, Neil. Okay, go. Uh, so I'm as we're pitching stories, I'm consistently referencing how much I liked the movie First Man, how much I liked uh, The Right First Man, stuff. the profile of Neil Armstrong. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I thought it was such an interesting human way that to me, the uh, even the process to getting the moon uh, in and of itself felt like such a uh, difficult and lonely process that I thought a movie like that was able to capture. Uh, 
And as we're pitching these things, <laughs> my staff is like, why don't we just do an episode on space? For God's sakes, you can't stop talking about yeah, it. They're just trying to get you to shut up. They're trying to get me really, to shut up, right. which any good staff will do. You mm-hmm. know this. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, and at the same time, what we were talking about, like I'm somebody who's progressive and on the left side of the aisle, who's often very critical of our commander-in-chief. And at the same time, President Donald Trump is talking a lot about the space program. Mm-hmm. He's making outlandish claims like... <laughs> at, he made the comment as like, what will it take to get us to Mars? If I gave you unlimited money, could we get there before the next election? Which is a ludicrous claim. But in that moment, it lined up somewhat with my instinct of like, oh yeah, we need to dream big. This idea of dreaming for that moonshot slash Mars shot, that's something that I feel is missing. It was when I look back at the, the Apollo 11, I look back at the Apollo program in general, at least through rose-colored glasses, you hear of a, a time where people were coming together. They were investing in science. They were trying to do things that felt impossible. And through doing that, there were a lot of benefits to our society, and there was a lot of cultural cohesion. With some caveats, for sure. But th- there, there was a positivity there that felt like it was lacking. And we actually have a commander-in-chief who I don't agree with on almost anything, but is sort of like, hey, I think we can get to Mars. I'm like, you sound crazy. But in this case, I like it. <laughs> and so we looked to do an episode of like, what does the fight look like to get to Mars? Is that the kind of thing? Are we going to make America great again? With a big asterisk. <laughs> but are we going to like go back to what was unique and interesting about the Apollo 11 mission? Is that something that's in store for for America, and is that something that's good for America? The reason why I, <clears throat> the reason why I didn't interrupt you is because I have nothing to add or subtract from what you just said. Thank you, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Not that other times when I interrupt you, I do. Yeah, I was going to say this is really making me look back on the rest of the, <laughs> on the rest of the interview. No, so uh, firstly, yes, it is absurd to imagine that we would land on Mars before the next election. But it's not absurd to imagine that we would have a Mars program ready to happen before the next election. And if anyone else thinks it's absurd, you have to ask, is it crazy for a president to say, I want to start getting to Mars, and before the end of my next term, I want to have landed on Mars. So I get to make the phone call. Mm -hmm. I don't know that President Trump said that, but he's surely thinking it. (laughs) So is that a crazy thing? Here's my question to you. Is getting to Mars in six years more crazy than getting to the moon in seven? Mm -hmm. President Kennedy's speech, where we're going to go to the moon in 1962. No, excuse me, 61. We didn't have a ship that could launch a human being that wouldn't explode on the launch pad. We didn't yet have that spacecraft. And he says, we're going to put a man on the moon before the decade is out, and we do it within eight years? Mm -hmm. So to go from an impossible dream to an accomplished dream, that's got to be more remote than anything any sitting president can say today that they want to have happened in the next six years. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. I 100% agree. Yeah. I I think that's what is— So however crazy you want to say Trump is, just— be level and as a scientist i'm i try to be level-headed about all this same with trump's space force mm-hmm. trump said space force everybody said no no we got problems on earth anybody want to have wars blah, blah, blah. people just just reacted without pausing and thinking on what well let's think about this mm-hmm. otherwise you're just aligning yourself with political whims and not using your own brain mm-hmm. to analyze a statement made by one side of the aisle or the other mm-hmm. so i think it's a very i think it's a very compelling question mm-hmm. that that a person who is 
is radioactive when it comes to politics. Uh, but it would take somebody in a position like that to set the bar that high mm -hmm. and then trust that people pulling together could potentially get there. I think like we're, we're in a time where I'm hearing a lot of people talking about climate change. In order to stop the effects of climate change, we would need the type of effort it took during World War II to come together. I was just in Detroit this past weekend, and I was looking at the architecture of Detroit, and some of these buildings that were built that are... Uh, stunning. Gorgeous, stunning. Yeah. The Fisher Building I was in... Uh, a monument to American ingenuity mm -hmm. was built in 13 months, and it's it's unbelievable. And yeah, I, in World War II, we were building battleships uh, right here in the Brooklyn Navy Yard, mm -hmm. just just pumping them out. When we agree that hey, this is something we're going to do now, all what pistons that, align. All pistons align. Let's get these things done. And I think like excuse me, um, that's an internal combustion engine reference. Uh, all gears are in place. Thank you. All for the electric motor. <laughs> uh, yeah, all, all all panels have been loaded to uh, all solar panels. All, all pan are, are tracking the sun at all angles in the sky. No, I'm lost. This we're never going to get to Mars. This is what it is. We're not going to be able to contextualize it in a way that is going to get us all on the same page. Neil, it's on us too. Oh man! All right, I'll work on it. All right. There's there's something really evocative. One about grandiose thinking, two about scientific exploration in a way that is on a level that that is is beyond what people can imagine. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like uh, some of that comes with a time period where people are afraid. I think wanting to beat the Russians was a big part of the 60s. Not wanting to die. Yes. No, not wanting to die. That works every time. <laughs> no doubt about You're that You're a character stick person. That's a good stick, not wanting to die. Yeah. Um, and so I think like I think it's a compelling question right now. And it shouldn't just be thrown out baby with the bathwater of like, mm -hmm. can we get to Mars? Sure, that, that sounds ludicrous. So is that a main question in, in, the, in the episode? Because as of this recording, it hasn't aired yet. Yep, so, so mm -hmm. the thing that kicks us off is I don't agree with the president on many things, but this is actually something that connects with me of like, is this something that is going to be realistic in our lifetime and what is that, what is that going to take? And so we accept that as like, all right, let's go talk to some people. We go and we talk to Scott Kelly to hear he's been up there, he has some opinions, what he thinks. Uh, I go to a Mars habitat in Hawaii to see what some of the training would look like. Was that in a, in a I don't know the Hawaii one, I know of one in, in Canada. Yes, yes. there's one uh, on uh, the Big Island on the, the volcanic mountain Mauna Loa uh, They're all volcanic, just FYI. Okay. That's how they rose from the bottom of the ocean. All right, you yeah. don't make me look like okay, an idiot. Okay, I'm just saying. Well. <laughs> you know what? I, Actually, that's what an archipelago is. You know what that is? It's a hot spot underneath Earth's moving crust, okay? And it's just sitting there, and the crust is there, and it punches through, makes a volcano, then it goes dormant, the crust keeps moving, then it punches through again, pauses, it keeps moving, punches through again. So it's a string of volcanic islands. So an archipelago essentially is a, a, volcanic. a volcanic series of As islands. As I understand it, my my rudimentary geology, that's correct. How many islands does it take to be an archipelago? Is there like a, a flat line? I, more than one for sure. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> but go on. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So I, I, I went to Mauna Loa, which uh, there's a, it's a place called High Seas, which is a, a Mars habitat. Mm-hmm. That I, uh, is actually turning also into a moon habitat. Because it's got the volcanic terrain. They have the volcanic terrain. It is incredibly remote. Mm -hmm. um, the, NASA had paid for this site. Now it's privately owned. Uh, and the European, uh, uh, the international European um, space agency was was sending potential well, astronauts. ESA, the European Space Agency. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, they were sending people over actually mm -hmm. as we were leaving there. And that's a long way from Europe, dude. That's a hike. That's like, you might as well just dig a hole through the earth and go through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at, at that point, if you're living in London with the rain, you're like, I'll go to Hawaii for <laughs> yeah, okay. a, a week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we spent some time, I spent some time on the 
the top of Mauna Loa, kind of talking to them about not only what it would, what life the, on them, Mars. You mean the people who are the people in who this are, habitat? Exactly. Are they sneaking in Cheetos or something? Or are they? You know, they'll say they they aren't, but I, I think there's something. There's going something. On. <laughs> They're licking their orange fingers. You got it. It's like, yeah, this. <laughs> Check their fingernails. (laughs) I know. They're sneaking something in. Cheetos are not naturally occurring on the Martian landscape. (laughs) I know this for a fact. In spite of the red color. It's not not Mars dust. They're licking off their fingertips. Something that was interesting, I mean, a lot of what they're testing right there is just the psychological um, challenges Mm -hmm. of living on Mars for an extended period of time. Not only the possible two years there and back, uh, what it's like to live in a small enclosed space with people. And, What's what's sort of funny as as a layperson, but also as a as an improviser and somebody who's taught improv, that's all about group dynamics. It's about how you can teach people how to listen, how not mm-hmm. to kill one another, right. how to build off of ideas. And so a lot of the things they were training for uh, and studying up there were the type of things that are are basic human communication. Wait, have, isn't that already fully researched just with families at Thanksgiving. <laughs> we already know. We already know what getting a group of people who know each other really well, what happens when they got to sit down together. The problem, we haven't recorded it. You know, we, we have it written oh, down. This, right. this, we, no one is recording their own Thanksgiving. We, they just talk about it the next morning yeah. at the water cooler. <laughs> exactly. Nobody's ready. We got to put pen to paper, guys. Oh, man. This is, you can do scientific research every Thanksgiving. But one thing I'll add to that before we take our next break is... Um, Again, I'm old enough to remember a lot of the Twilight Zone episodes in real time. And they were made during the buildup of the space program Mm -hmm. on the way to the moon. So space showed up in many of the topics. More as a philosophical thing, not this is really going to happen this way. Mm -hmm. They just said, if space is a goal, what are some ramifications of this? And multiple episodes were about the loneliness of space and how it could mess with your head. And I said, wow. And then I, then when I got older, I realized there are times I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> I'd be perfectly happy spending a week, give me a book, a Netflix account. I'm fine. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anybody. And I'm, a, I'm socialized. Imagine the hermits who are out there oh. who could go years doing this. So then I realized that's, that's, bull, that's BS. They, there are plenty of people who don't need human contact for their own sanity. A. B, every astronaut in space is getting yacked at by NASA all the time. Time to wake up. Mission control. You hear, have you done your thing? Shut up! <laughs> there is no loneliness in space. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, okay? Just, I, I, just, I want to nip that in the bud, okay? Plus, we're not sending one astronaut anywhere, right? They didn't know that at the time. During the Mercury program, it was one astronaut. But later on, it's a whole team of people. So I'm not... I'm not buying this psychological thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> just, you can easily find seven people who really just don't give a shit about <laughs> and just perfectly happy staying there alone. But take those seven people who don't give a shit, who are good at being alone, and put them together. Get, ev- get everybody who's been married for 50 years and get them to write their journals. And then just cue off of that. No, we're talking. Like, we're just talking. People who are pros at marriage, send them up there. That, that, there you go. There you go. When we come back, I just want to get more detail from Jordan Klepper about his episode on Are We Going to Mars when Star Talk Returns. You know what shouldn't feel like rocket science? planning a vacation your whole crew will love. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all up to you. You can kick back or dive right into the fun. 
paddleboard in the crystal clear waters of one of Carnival's exclusive destinations, Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. Take an ATV ride through the jungle or just relax on white sandy Caribbean beaches. The fun continues on ship, from a ride on the Bolt roller coaster to a moment of pure bliss at the Cloud Nine Spa. Kick off the evening with a craft cocktail at any of Carnival's dazzling bars and lounges and take your pick of restaurants from surf and turf to family-style Italian. Then settle in for an evening of live entertainment. Whatever your vibe is, you'll come home with plenty of stories to tell. So pack those bags, be sure to leave room for a few unforgettable memories because no one does fun like Carnival Book your dream vacation at Carnival.com. Ships Registry, The Bahamas, and Panama. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You saw the potential, and through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The future of space and the secrets of our planet revealed. This is Star Talk. We're back, Star Talk. A singular episode with one guest who's doubling as my guest, my co-host, and my expert. We don't do this very often. We're flying close to the sun. <laughs> Jordan, you feeling, you feeling that burn on the sun? <laughs> it's getting, getting toasty in there now. <laughs> his, his wax wings are still, are still holding on. <laughs> so, reference to Icarus in case anybody... Icarus for those people following at home. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. end well. <laughs> so, you, uh, so, tell me some of the things you subjected yourself to. So um, I subjected myself to a trip to Hawaii, which was <laughs> devastating. <laughs> devastating. That's just so... But you oh know what? Gosh. I'm such a tough guy. I'd you, go back. You, you, you took one for the team In there. the name of science, <laughs> send me back to Hawaii. <laughs> so what... What? what okay, other than subjecting yourself to a trip to Hawaii, what did you do? <laughs> so I, I... Did you do the centrifuge? 
I did, so I, I didn't do it out there. So what I ended up going to, we, we, we spent some time well, in Hawaii. Hawaii was just one of your trips. Hawaii, and we, we, Habitat Hawaii. Habitat Hawaii. And yeah. we talked to Hank Rogers, who is a, a multimillionaire who's investing in that and, in, and trying to invest in space. And I love we, millionaires named Hank. That's you know, I know, right that's honestly. Like, that's just... It's, a, <laughs> it's really a blue-collar millionaire. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a man. That's a... <laughs> That's a practical guy. <laughs> I did a little day drinking with Scott Kelly down ooh, in Houston, ooh. which was day drinking with uh, an astronaut. Was That's a thing. Dream. That's a thing. That's a thing. Day drinking. And then I wanted to go to... Oh, wait, what was the beverage? It was, it's a, a drink called Space Dust. There's a there's a bar outside. It's classified. That's it's fine. classified. You yes. Stop there. Okay. Go on. <laughs> there is a bar outside of NASA in Houston where all the astronauts go to. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we were going to interview Scott. We were talking about let's just because NASA's in a community just it looks like a like a suburb of Houston. It is. It is very much not in Houston. Is what mm-hmm. I found out. Um, and when you meet there, we're like, where do you meet up? He's like, well, there's a, a bar all us astronauts go to. And in my mind, I have like the right stuff. And I have these romantic ideas yeah. of like, you know, you're going to walk in, there's going to be Chuck Yeager in the, the corner spit with a spittoon. Spit. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's spit. Why is there spit? There's got to be spit. There's you, some, you can't be badass unless you're spitting. There's a tough guy spitting at a bar. Yeah. And you turn into this, and what makes this bar remarkable is it's the closest bar to NASA. Oh, <laughs> it it's was, efficient. It's it's efficient. Yes, these are all scientifically trained people. Yeah, it's efficient. Like, it's the close bar, so we'll go there. There you go. So we drank uh, the local IPA, which is called Space Dust. We nice. get a little, we get a little boozy, and then I headed to uh, Space Camp. Um, because I wanted in Houston to or uh, there are others. The the one in uh, Huntsville, Huntsville, Alabama. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you go to Huntsville. Huntsville has a standing full scale rocket model of the Saturn V. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's like a compass direction. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, and there, there's there's so much history there with the uh, how much of that was built in Huntsville, yes. and I think like it it does feel like such a unique universe, almost out of place with so many other places that you travel to. Huntsville in is an enclave unlike anything else in all of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Very true. It's highly educated scientists, engineers. Uh, they have a good school system. And the rest of Alabama, not so much. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, Huntsville, it's, it's yeah. a unique little spot. <laughs> so another thing we were looking at with this episode is wh- wh- where, where is America's trajectory with our potential mission to Mars? Wait, I, before you get to that, yes. I still want to know what you subjected yourself to. Physically, I went to space camp and I got myself in the spinny thing. I got myself in the centrifuge, mm-hmm. uh, which is The spinny thing is that one that goes in all coordinates. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's the yeah. Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got naked. You the Vitruvian know. man. Oh, yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> just like the Vitruvian man. Just like man. the Vitruvian man. The looks I got at Space Camp, Neil. I got to tell you. And I forgot Vitruvian man is butt naked in the naked. middle of that circle. I forgot all about that. Okay. So, you know, I got Not naked. even Speedos. Not no, even no. Speedos. Yeah. The, the original comedian, the Vitruvian man. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I did well, when when also when I went in there. Well, I, I went. In, I did the centrifuge, which goes up to three G's, mm-hmm. and I was doing it. With, By the way, just FYI, yes. three G's is like where a good roller coaster will take you. Don't do this. To yes, me. I'm so doing this to you. B, the rockets could accelerate to higher than three G's. They just don't. It's an interesting fact. When they launch from Earth, mm-hmm. there's all this fuel. And but is the the thrust is the same, it's, it's constant, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of fuel. As the fuel gets burned, the rocket weighs less, mm-hmm. so the same thrust will actually accelerate it faster. There's a point where it could accelerate much faster than 3D, and they throttle back just to not have you pinned against this because they don't have to. They, they don't need to. Has that always been the the case? Uh, in the old days, I don't know, just but recently, that's that's how they do it. They throttle back so that you don't experience much more than three Gs. Yes, getting launched into space. So that's why they pegged it at three Gs. 
Also, it's space camp, so I know there's primarily children that are coming through. <laughs> yes. And 40-year-old satirical comedians. Okay. <laughs> it's a weird cross-section. So did you, did you barf up your lunch at all? I, I, did not, I did not barf. I felt terrible the entire day. Okay, so you're kind of the adequate stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm, I quickly <laughs> realized I'm not going to space. Uh, uh, I, one, I'm too big and tall. Uh-huh. Two, they didn't tell me you're that You're about 6'4"? I'm 6'4". Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I turned my head as I went into to the uh, the centrifuge. and So, so, you, so you, you felt queasy. That's fine. That's expected. I felt queasy. Uh, each one, my body was not made for it. So they... All right. So what else do they make you do? So they maybe... What did you make yourself do? Well, because there's also... It's, it's a... They essentially have you... They run you through a simulation where you attempt to fix the International Space Station, mm-hmm. which they put you in a sling to simulate zero gravity. Okay. Okay. Which is just essentially, you look like a weird cow that's going to slaughter. They like lift you up, you're, oh, yeah, they, okay. they, 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 they place you horizontal, and then you just kind of float, float around yeah. trying to Because you're not it. actually weightless at that time. You can still swallow what goes down in yeah. your stomach. And yeah, you're still. It's still an up and down. Yes. Yeah. If you drop your pen, it'll fall. I don't think about direction. the swallowing. Is that, is that incredibly No, difficult? no, no. They didn't know initially. If you No, I, I shouldn't have mentioned that at all. Uh, only oh, no. beca- what do you know now? <laughs> what are you hiding from? I'm not me? authorized. <laughs> no, no, no. There was... In the early days, we didn't know for sure if you could swallow in space. But you can, in zero G, that is. But it turns out you can do in space anything that you can do upside down. Is that right? Think about that. So you can swallow upside down. Yeah. And you can eat upside down. And that's gravity in the complete opposite direction from right side up. Which is just based so, on the strength of, of your body, of, of all of the, the, the valves and everything, you're, um, you, can, you can live, not for long nor comfortably, upside down. Mm-hmm. Your p- blood still pumps. Your, so, so that me, and you can do it horizontally. So we do it vertically, horizontally, and upside down. Mm-hmm. Zero G is not a thing. You're fine. Yeah. Well, I know that was talking to Scott Kelly, not to get too gross about it, but I asked him about using the restroom. The restroom, yeah. Both yeah, of them. Yeah. And he talked about, like, that is a, a, a definite... Con- that yeah. is the first question a 12-year-old asks. Is, it, is that what you're <laughs> A scientist asked. The word is... The first sorry, question... Sorry, a, sorry. Okay. An aspiring sorry, sorry, scientist sorry. asks... Do the you... Fir- yeah, have it's to... It's the first up. question a highly curious human being will ask. Thank you. And that includes children as well as scientists. Yes, exactly. You pick which one it's you the want. the first question. It might also, if you watch my show, it might also be the second and third question he asks. Uh, you know, you get a little obsessed with those things. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting... <laughs> thing so do you think based on everything you saw does your show that episode of your show have a conclusion i think the conclusion is you know i'm optimistic about it from a selfish point of view i do think uh it's something that has potential i think i i am inspired by the idea of placing that bar high and trying to achieve it talking to people like scott kelly and other folks on the ground they're like it feels like we're probably if it were going to happen 12 to 15 years off who's this person you interviewed that wants to be the first so her name was Alyssa. so we, we found this person who's been training to be an astronaut since she was three years old literally has certifications from here across the world has gone to space camp i think 18 times wow and she's in she's in uh an 18 year old girl who this has been her dream and so we kind of wanted to talk to somebody who was so much we gotta like, send her yeah we gotta send her yeah. right what well, does she know she could die she does good. she's talked about that's that. part of it good she's even talked about potentially removing like a gallbladder or things that for a potential mars mission they would th- things that you might remove uh uh as a what contraceptively so that you oh in case you have uh, or, like your appendix yes you don't want your t- appendix to get inflamed when no one can come to it yes so you 
proactively mm-hmm. remove it. Prophylactically. Pro- what did I say? I said contraceptively. Contraceptively. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I knew it was a sexual thing that I was nervous about saying. You can say pro- but proactive, I think, is, yes. is you, a perfectly you pro- fine word today. Okay, let's, yes. let's do proactive then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was discussing that. And I think what was... What I took away from that was I wanted to talk to somebody who is of, as she calls herself, the Mars generation. I remember when I was— They're not thinking about the moon at all. They're they're thinking— The moon is not even there. No, it's—there's—the moon might be the way in which you—you do a little stop there and then go all the way to Mars. But I think she wants to— she wants to be there. She wants to be the, the Neil Armstrong of our generation. Okay. Or their generation. Perhaps is maybe more uh, acute. No, no, the Neil Armstrong of us all today. There you are. We all get a Neil Armstrong. Yes. Uh, I think I'm optimistic as far as that goes. We look a lot also at uh, the private space race. And I think so that's... where's the money going to come from if it costs a trillion dollars? I mean, I think that's where you're, you're looking at what, what's happening with SpaceX. You can dream SpaceX. all you want. If no, if nobody's writing a check. No. Go home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, but capitalism—a thing that's happened in America and always has driven America. I think SpaceX, Blue Origin, those those types of endeavors may get us close. I'm hoping. I'm skeptical only because if they're business, they, you want to make money off of mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And how are you making money off of sending the first mission there? I don't know. Where's the return on that investment? Well, unless you're going to charge people to watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the Olympics, you're charging people. I mean, it's commercial time, but maybe that's what it'll take. Well, that's what I mean. Honestly, you talk about American ingenuity, and not mm-hmm. to be a cynic, but I wonder if that next phase of American ingenuity is like, how do we profit off of going to Mars? Yeah. Talk about that Pepsi t shirt. American, America, dude. America. 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 Put a price tag hey, on put it. Put a price tag on We buy it. America. <laughs> so if I can't buy it, I don't want it. <laughs> it ain't mine. It ain't mine. It ain't even anybody. So uh, here's something I, was, I ran the numbers on this. You could make a mission to Mars every time on a lottery. Okay, so we have 300 million Americans. Yep. If everyone, this is hard, but just I, just running blunt numbers. If everyone puts in $100, okay, that's mm-hmm. a lot for most people. But just, it's not an unreachable amount of money. Mm-hmm. We've all spent $100 on something in our lives before, Okay. Everyone puts in $100 for the chance that you will be on that mission. Mm-hmm. And $100 times $300 million is what? It's t- 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 how much? It's, t- it's 30. This should not require a calculator. 30, 30 billion? 30 billion? <laughs> Move the decimal over two places. So 30 it's three. Billion. Yes, 30, 30 billion. Mr. Math Guy 30 billion, from way back. Right? Yeah. $30 billion. Yeah. That is two years of NASA's budget allocated by the government. The, and plus NASA puts in some, the government puts in some. You could do this, I think. Mm-hmm. There's some variant on that. That that and you know everyone will do it every week. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? And if you don't get to go, you get to see other people go and that's part of your pleasure. Mm-hmm. You I bet you get more pleasure watching someone else walk on Mars than you would watching someone else win the mega bucks lottery. I think yeah. <laughs> I get almost no pleasure from that. <laughs> you get negative pleasure because you didn't win. I didn't. Yeah, this I can root for somebody. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I think there is a way. I think there's financial ways in which you can make it uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a closer reality. I think like what we talked about earlier as well, I think as a country we have to care about this. And the things that often move us are fear. Uh, I think Number one. But, yep, fear is a biggie. Um, whether it's patriotic pride of something that we can achieve— I don't know. I think we could use some of that. There, there is a sense of unity there, but I think like we like to compete, and and I think seeing China land on the dark side of the moon suddenly makes maybe us a little bit more excited. Far side of the moon. Far side, dude. 
I blew that one, didn't I? Yeah, because you no, yeah. You yeah. know, you know where Security, I got Security, could you take? Let's end the show I, now. It was going so well. Yeah, it was going so. Well. <laughs> you took a, All you, sides of the moon get sunlight. You took a, you took a chance at having I me be a guest just, and a co-host. Wait till I fire our our booking. Oh, I am sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, no, I'll give you a, I'll give you a hall pass on that one only because of how strongly influential. Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon album was. Thank you. Whether or not that was your favorite album, you should say it was your favorite that album. That was my favorite Fine. album. See, there it is. <laughs> so, That's your whole pass. That's all you get. <laughs> Have a little sympathy for me, guys, please. Yeah, so I agree that if China looks like some kind of frenemy threat, because mm -hmm. obviously we trade heavily with them, mm -hmm. so they're not an explicit military mm -hmm. enemy. We're not aiming missiles at each other. But the the idea that they would do something first and we don't, and we're Americans, mm -hmm. that, that could light a, uh, ignite... A flame Good. <laughs> un under us. So, um, uh, tell me about other topics that are that we can look forward to. Well, we uh, our uh, our final episode that we're covering. We covered uh, legalized marijuana in California, mm -hmm. and so you know, uh, there's an equity program out there that tries to deal with basically. Uh, people who are affected by the war on drugs, uh, trying to give them preferential treatment in starting businesses in Oakland, California. Oh, nice. Okay, so it's a drug show, basically. It's essentially a drug show. Yeah, all yeah. right, all right, mm -hmm. excellent. Yeah, so another way to go to space, if you mm -hmm. will. So that so that drops how, 10 episodes? How many episodes? Eight episodes. Eight episodes, okay. Yeah. Well, we look forward to more of this. Yeah, we got, we got plenty. stay out there. You're, I will be out you're there. You're a fun guy, and maybe we can get you back for just... Fix that dark side of the moon I'll thing. do my research, Neil. That's on me. I promise to be better. If you invite me back, I promise to be better. <laughs> Excellent, dude. Thanks. Neil, thank you. This has been Star Talk. Uh, most of you have heard this show. Some of you may have even watched it on our YouTube channel. I've had Jordan Klepper, our guest, triple serving as my co-host, my expert, and, and a comedian, and a informative guy, and the main interview, and we don't do that often. Only when we've got it all wrapped up into one character, as he is. We've got to go. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, as always, bidding you to keep looking up. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.